Hello and welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom, a podcast where we share the joys and challenges of being introverts. I'm Jenny. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we share with you stories and antidotes that touch on how we prosper and thrive in a world dominated by extroverts. We also have guest speakers who share their experience and expertise on this topic and read letters from our fellow Wallflower listeners on how they cope and conquer. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and relax with us. Music is by Nate Johnson. Hello, everyone. We're back. Welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom. I'm Jenny. I'm Eric. Hello, everyone. Tell me what's new with you. I want to catch up because you're not where we left you last time. I'm still <laughs> still roaming. <laughs> you know, it's funny you asked how or where am I? I've called myself lightly a digital nomad. I know in the last month, I really feel that I am. I think I've judged calling myself that because I'm still not settled in some ways. But I've been in two countries for the last year and a half, three cities here in the UK, and then of course, Stockholm and Sweden. When we last spoke, I was in Liverpool, which Northern England. And then now I've been back in Southern England a week and a half now in a town that's in between Winchester and Southampton, a port town. I think you were there before. Yes, last year I was here. So I'm back here with friends. I noticed how much I've changed mm-hmm. in a good way and that I'm more comfortable. Oh. You know what? I'll be honest. I'll be transparent because you've been a good example of that is I've gotten into a headspace. And if I think about it, it's been there for a few years mm-hmm. of being really hyper aware when I'm like the only or one of a few black people in a space. And part of it is in some places people will look or stare. I don't know what it is because I don't ask them. (laughs) It's that look of, oh, you're out of place. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've had that happen and it comes with being adopted by a different race and I love my family and my family has never done anything to make me feel like an outcast or not loved. But there has been occasions where we've been places and people will look at us and look at me and like you're out of place. There was a party family event that we had gone to a few years ago and someone asked who I was married to. I was like, I'm not married to anyone. I'm your cousin. (laughs) But I mean, it was like a family reunion and it was extended extra family that I hadn't met before that hadn't met me. But I can relate to the feeling out of place. I don't want to say that I know you're feeling as a black man in Europe, but I can relate to when people stare and look at you and that realization that like, "Mm, you're out of place. You describe it exactly. I, usually I, I pay attention to energy and most of the time I know that I'm fine, but it's the stares that just make me uncomfortable. You know, going into a place and you see a whole table just turn and look and it's like, and it's not just here. It happens, like you said, it happens in the States when you're in places or communities where they don't see a lot of diversity. There is the one place I felt it the most. And most of the time I'm oblivious to it, but there is times where you do pick up on the energy and people stare enough where you notice the stare. Mm -hmm. But there was one place that I felt it the most 
my ex-husband was more aware of it and maybe because he was raised to be aware of racial differences where I wasn't because I'm in a mixed family. But we were in, I think, Kentucky. There is areas where it's either all white or all black. I'm a brown person. I'm a Hispanic person. Like I'm in the middle. It was my cousin's wedding and my ex-husband and I went to just walk to get to know the city because there was this downtown strip. You know when you notice something, but you can't really put your finger on it and you're like, mm-hmm. something's weird. And my ex-husband was like, we're the only brown people here. He's like, there is no colored people. Like we are the only Hispanic people. There was no Hispanics, different cultures. And I did feel some like dirty looks. Mm. It was awkward. Yeah. I had a friend recently, she's not black, who has two small children. And I think because of what's been out in the media for the last year, and she called me up a couple of months ago, and she said, when did your parents talk to you about racism? And and should I talk to my kids right now? And I said, oh, it's a deep question. I didn't have that really. I mean, there were things where, like you just described, you know, where I would notice something as a child and you parents and they say, oh, unfortunately, some people, whatever. But there was not like a talk where somebody sat me down. And just because it's coming from my experience, I won't say better. But for me, I don't think that was bad for me because it kept me... Ooh, this is good. This is not about introversion, but it kept me in a bubble in a way. And I'm kind of grateful because... It didn't put limits on me. Like you said, there was no limits. They always said you could do whatever you want to do in life. Speaking to other Latinas, I've heard them say, oh, no, I can't apply for that job. I've never felt like I couldn't apply for a job. The only reason I felt like I couldn't apply for a job is because I didn't feel like I qualified. My mother, she was just this person that she just walked into the spaces and she just had a way where she was like, if I want to go here, I'm going to go here as long as I know I can afford it. (laughs) That's what influenced me. But then the world filters in and I see things. What helped recently was that a friend in Sweden suggested that I write a fear inventory around that. What is coming out of it so far on my end is that it's like a fear of success in some ways, like kind of what you were just saying. I'm saying, well, I know I'm going to get stared at or this person may think this about me, so I just won't do it or I just won't go there. And I'm challenging myself to say, you know what? Don't allow myself to put limits on things just because I may get looked at or people may say, like you said, like, oh, you're out of place here. (laughs) A couple of things happened to me that I wanted to bring up to this one happened to me recently. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring it up because I think a lot of women go through this. Oh, sorry. I'm all over the place. I finished my challenge. I lost eight pounds. I didn't lose a full 10 pounds. I lost eight. That's fine. Mother's Day hit. Mimosas were flowing. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm really excited, but I wanted to keep the momentum going. So I've been going to a local gym. Hmm. So I went to my gym and I was working out and I was following the workout list of things I needed to do. And then I noticed a guy. What caught my attention was that he'd been walking around for a good 10 minutes and he wasn't working out. This gym has an area where it's blocked off so you can work in the mat area. And there was a point where I had to do squats 
And I noticed that when I had to do that, he would walk in the direction where it was behind me. And he kept playing with his phone and he oh, knows, no. yeah, it was really uncomfortable. And I was like, okay. So then I ended up moving towards the wall. Nobody has ever made me this uncomfortable, honestly. So I decided I'm going to stop my workout. I'm going to clean up and I'm just going to go to the treadmill and finish it off there. The treadmills are high up so you can see the entire gym floor. Mm-hmm. And I did make eye contact with him and he beelined it towards where the treadmills were. At that point, I hightailed it to the front desk and I told the guy, I need you to walk me to my car right now. And as I was walking to my car, I explained to him what was happening and I described the guy to him. He made sure I got in my car and I left. I can't like stress enough. Follow your instincts, follow your gut. I commend you and congratulate you on following your gut and you did nothing wrong. And And, oh, here's the other kicker is it was the first time that I have felt comfortable wearing shorts. I was feeling cute. And the one time I wear shorts, this happened. He obviously good on you for taking care of yourself. And good on you for involving the staff in that. And maybe they can check their security cameras and see this person is a regular deal doing that kind of shit. Another thing I wanted to touch on, I think our last episode was with the guys from Salud, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jose Quintero asked me a question. He asked me why I say I'm battling depression instead of saying I'm living with depression. And at first, I didn't really know how to answer his question. For me, if I tell myself I'm living with it, my mind will take it as I'm giving you permission to sleep in, not worry about it. So for me, it is important to say that I'm battling it, not because I'm denying depression, not because I'm ashamed of it. No, it's a mind thing. I'm battling it. I need to open my eyes and I need to do something. Okay. So that's what I wanted to bring up because I thought that was really important to say. One more thing. My cousin had her rainbow baby. I'm really excited. And a rainbow baby is not what Eric thought it was. A rainbow baby is after multiple miscarriages. For those of you who don't know, your baby that comes to term is considered your rainbow baby after um, miscarriage. Well, congratulations to her and her husband. When Jimmy did say rainbow baby, there was a pause on my end. And I'm like, oh, they're testing for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she knows already that it's a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess we'll start off with our uh, mental health check-in. How are you feeling, Eric? I'm good. Yeah, I I think I kind of shared where I'm at right now. You're in a good place. Yeah, I'm doing well. So that's all I have. What about you? I had a lot happening in the past few weeks. I was doing the workout challenge. Scarlett started school twice a week instead of just once a week. And then on top of that, she joined scouts. And then I'm meal prepping also. Mm. Because I'm trying to eat healthier and trying to cook at home. So I'm not buying stuff. I know it felt like a lot... I think I was feeling overwhelmed. I missed my therapy. I didn't miss it on purpose, but I haven't rescheduled it. 
when I don't know why is when I need to do it. <laughs> when I'm like dreading therapy is probably when I need therapy the most. So you mentioned something about having a daily schedule. And I feel like as much as I hate routines, I need to set up a daily schedule because sometimes I feel like I'm just all over the place. Okay, I remembered the other thing I had happen to me that I wanted to tell you, and it's an introvert issue. And I was like, I need to save this for the podcast. So the first day of the challenge, I went to the gym. I'm not good at socializing, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to push myself to just say hi and be social and talk. And there was a group of four women talking on the other side of the gym. And I'm like preparing myself. I am thinking of what I need to say, how I'm going to say it. And I start walking towards them and they turn and walk away and get on the treadmills. I don't know what to do. And I felt like I was in high school. And But then I had to tell myself, they didn't even know I was coming. Mm-hmm. They don't know who I am. They weren't waiting for me. But it's just that you're going and you get yourself pumped and you're like, I'm going to socialize. I'm going to take the first step. And you start walking towards them. And then they all turn around and walk away. Have you ever had those moments? I've had those or walked up to the group and then I kind of stand there and none of them turn around to acknowledge me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> usually, you know, one person at least will turn and make eye contact. And if they want to invite me in, they'll say, oh, hey, how are you? But no, like you said, I don't know. Exactly. But your mind goes into the rabbit hole of assuming. Right. <laughs> Um, Okay, so I found this article on lifehack.org called 13 Things You Can Do to Make an Introvert Feel Loved. Articles by Daniel Wallen. Daniel is a writer who focuses on blogging about happiness and motivation at Lifehack. So we'll just go through the 13 things and see what our opinions are. Thank you for this article. I loved it. The first one is... Let them unwind before you ask questions about their day. Okay. I used to do this in the car. Mm, Okay. I have lived alone for a long time, so it's been a long time since I lived with someone. But I do notice, mainly when I've had people come into my space, that I have to readjust and I have to remind myself, okay, I'm around a different energy now. But I do like that this encourages people, especially if you're dating or in a relationship to say, kind of like what you shared about the women at the gym, it's like, it's not personal. It's just, I need a little bit of time to unwind. (laughs) Yeah, because also for us introverts, alone time is the way we recharge. And that's what, you know, it says. They will be able to respond more thoughtfully after they've recharged. That's true. The second one, consider their schedule before you make plants. This is everybody. I agree. Yeah, I didn't think this was unique to being an introvert. I just thought, well, that's just common decency. Exactly. (laughs) But I like this. So the paragraph says underneath this, if your partner is an introvert, then she or he will probably won't want to go to the bar after a busy day. I don't like how they just put she in here. If she or Mm. he or they or them turns down that invite, instead ask her, or him, or they, or them, 
if they would be interested in going out on the weekend or whenever she, he, they, them happens to be off. I agree with this. What it makes me think of is a friend of mine, this was years ago, he went through a brief period where he knew my schedule. Most people knew I got home from work by six Mm -hmm. and we did have something planned, I think at eight o'clock, but we meet up at this appointed time. I got home at six and my old building that I lived in at the time, you had to buzz people in. And at 6.15, there was a buzz. He's like, oh, hey, it's me. I'm like, hey, I thought we were meeting up at eight. He goes, yeah, but I thought I could come and hang out before then. I'm like, no. No, please don't. (laughs) I need my downtime. And then he was like, well, I won't get in your way. I'll just kind of hang out while you're chilling. And I'm like, Or you could just leave and come back at eight. (laughs) That would drive me nuts. (laughs) Send them a meaningful email. Oh, for number three. For number three. If you really want to go get to know an introvert, send them an email. Introverts are bored by small talk, but love deep discussions. Most introverts are better writers than speakers. That is true. Thus, email trumps every other mode of communication for this personality type. This is a touchy one. Okay. I like the communication. I like we're good writers. But my first thought was like, if we're in a relationship or we're really into dating. should not be getting an email. should be able to text me. I just would take notice like, oh, you're sending me another email. You didn't just want to call me or, or message me. <laughs> I guess I've recently started talking to someone I didn't really want. No, no, let's not get excited. Unintentional. And it's not someone I want to talk to. (laughs) But apparently we're talking now. I enjoy talking to him, but then he likes to push my buttons. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done talking to you. The thing said emails and he texts so much. Hmm. And it's like, dude, like... I'm busy. I'm a single mom. Like I'm busy doing things. And he calls, he calls a lot. And then he sends those text messages where it's like one word at a time. Uh, So my phone's going beep, 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 beep. uh, And then I hate the guilt. Oh, I guess you don't want to talk to me. It's not that I don't want to talk to you. These things that are to me are red flags, honestly. Let's go to (laughs) number four. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. (laughs) ask for table on outskirts of restaurants yes for me the noise factor especially if we're meeting to talk i feel like oftentimes in the middle of the restaurant it's just so much going on so many people a lot of people maybe it is because i'm an introvert but i just like it because it feels calmer and less stressful i agree number five Slow down your speaking rate so they have time to process. At first, I didn't get this one, but right before we started recording, I was watching this interview of the singer. He was in a pop band in the UK, and then he went on The Voice. He was trying to be a solo singer. And he did say in the interview, he's somewhat quiet. So he's getting used to doing interviews by himself without his former bandmates. Yeah. But the interviewer, she would ask a question and then she would pretty much answer it. Like she would be like, oh, so what is it like being a solo artist? And he said, oh, you know, it's really, oh, it must be really great for you. And she kept doing it for me where it was noticeable. And you could see in his face, like he was trying to be polite, but he would like go, oh, okay. I guess she's going to answer the question for me. Guess we're moving on. Yeah. 
seeing it written, what it makes me think of is that <laughs> it doesn't sound very complimentary. It sounds like you have to go, hello, Eric. How are you today? It says here, wait three seconds. Simply pausing for three seconds will give introverts time to digest your sentence. Sounds like a cooking recipe. <laughs> <laughs> three simple tablespoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of extreme patience. Because <laughs> they're going to talk very slowly. <laughs> oh, number six. Don't call them shy or antisocial. This is true. There's a difference between shy but would it make you feel loved? Because this article is like things that should make you feel loved. What I think of, and please tell me as a woman, because I hear women more than men talk about this when a man assumes something or he's like, oh, I just said that because I know that's what you women like. That's where I think this article gets tricky for me. Is like, uh, yeah. Because there's a way to say things. It's like you go from zero to red. It's like, excuse me. Exactly. When you say, would it make me feel loved? It's kind of like what you said earlier with intention. It's nice for you to be considerate. Yeah. But I, I feel like you should be considerate to anybody. That makes everybody feel loved. I guess it just depends on how it would be done. But I do like what they wrote underneath. If you label introverts in this way, then you obviously don't understand them. Hmm. Most introverts love to meet people. It's just that while extroverts enjoy small talk, introverts would rather discuss deeper issues in a more intimate setting. And what that makes me think of is when we interviewed Johnny, I think in December mm -hmm. from Sweden, and he asked us like, you guys are introverts. Why are you doing a podcast? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we're not shy. And we like to have meaningful conversations. Like, for some reason tonight, I can't seem to stop talking. I haven't <laughs> seen you in forever, Eric. So I'm catching up on like four weeks. I have a friend, Keith, who he's really zany. I'm with him. Maybe it's similar to probably, I'm guessing, your friendship with Heather. Mm -hmm. We're just wackadoo crazy when we get together. <laughs> Same with my friend Jeremy in high school. <laughs> but his other friends, I know he said, have said, Oh, you're friends with Eric? He seems so quiet. And he always says, oh, you don't know Eric. Once you get to know him, he has a wicked sense of humor. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I had a coworker. I can have a dark sense of humor. And my favorite comedian is Daniel Slaw. And he's really dark. And he's a Scottish comedian. I think I just watched one of his YouTube things. I love him. And my coworker is like, you watch Daniel Sloth? I was like, yes, he's my favorite. And they were so surprised because I'm the quiet one in the office. He's hilarious. He is hilarious. <laughs> and I have to be careful who I share him with because I feel like it is dark humor. And not everybody gets it, and not everybody finds it funny. I find it hilarious. Number seven, find out what they are passionate about. If you think an introvert is boring, then you haven't dug deep enough. Introverts can be profound when you get them talking about their passion or purpose. They might even care about something so intensely that they view everything else as distracting. And yes, this could make them appear to be aloof at times, too. Do you notice the shirt I'm wearing? What does it say? Wild aloof rebel. 
there you go. You're aloof. I've been called that my whole life, which translated to stuck up for a lot of people. <laughs> you and me both. I've never been called aloof, but stuck up, prissy, better than me. You think you're better than everybody. All of those. As an introvert, sometimes I feel like I have to put up my shield to walk into a place. So I do walk a little bit taller. No, I don't talk. And that sends off the wrong message. But I don't want to hunch down and put my head down. I rather hold my head up high. I relate to that. My mom's sister, because I think I've shared my come from a family of introverts on my mother's side. And she talked about that once. People thought she was stuck up and arrogant, but exactly what you described crossing room. She goes, I'm not stuck up. I'm just petrified. And this is the only way I can walk through the room. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I don't think she could have put it in better words. Number eight, get comfortable with moments of silence. Yes. I have these moments with my dad all the time. It's funny, him and I go to dinner and he'll pull out his book. I'll pull out mine. We'll have lunch and then we'll go our own separate ways. But it was so nice spending time with him. Like that is us spending time together. And it's a comfortable silence. Nice that you have that connection and that respect for each other that way. Number nine, be quiet during movies and television. I think that's just basic decency. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I've never understood why people go on dates to the movies. It's like you can't talk if you go to the movies. Especially a first date, yeah. My thing is I don't like going to the movies, especially premieres, because it's too crowded. I prefer to wait a few days. So recently they've been doing those drive-in movies at the park, and I really like that because I can sit in my car Mm, nice. <laughs> Number 10, stop acting like something is wrong. Yes, there's nothing wrong. Nothing needs to be fixed. If you try to fix an introvert, then it will backfire. Yes, it will. Always. This especially occurs when extroverted parents assume something is wrong with their introverted children. They mistakenly mm. label kids shy without truly understanding them. Treating them like a project will only make them feel inferior. Accept them as they are. That, I think, also ties in with learn to enjoy a moment of silence. That's also about knowing your partner and knowing the person you're in a relationship with. I agree. I like the thing with the kids. Well, you're a parent, you know more than I do, but my memories of childhood is if you just would have asked me, I probably would have told you. I'm an introverted mom of an extroverted child. She does not (laughs) suffer in silence. Well, I think that's good. Um, 11, don't leave them hanging at a social event. I know me, I probably only went because you asked me to or because somebody asked me to. Yeah. Say if somebody, they say, let's do this, let's meet up there. That's when I'll show up late because I've been that person that shows up at 11 when you say we meet and then you show up half an hour later or more. And then I'm just left standing there, especially if I've never been to this thing. I feel just really awkward. Number 12 is do invite them to small group gatherings. If you think introverts don't like people, then you're misunderstood. They may not feel comfortable at a big party, but they typically enjoy low-key gatherings that involve five or less people. I agree. 
I love a nice small dinner party. And I don't mind having people over for dinner. I like having people over for dinner. Yeah. I don't mind hosting. I have a lot more fun when it's a small group. Yes. When my dad has his big parties. Not saying that I don't enjoy his big parties, but I drain faster than Mm. a small dinner party. Like the 2019 Thanksgiving, I had my mom group over Mm -hmm. and we went until like 3 a.m. I didn't drain so fast, you know, versus when I do a big party or go to a, a big event and it's like within the hour, I'm like, okay, I'm done. It's it's too much already. That's when I'm aware that I know my face is showing that I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> and I know too, because I'm trying to look like I'm interested when I'm like, I just want to go. I just want to go. If I was near the back door, I would just go out the back door right now. <laughs> Or did I leave my coat in that room? Why didn't I carry my coat with me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I could have snuck out. Do I really need that coat? How much do I like that coat? (laughs) Because I could just like back out right now and disappear into the night. (laughs) I did that with a hoodie, a hoodie that I actually liked. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to say goodbye to that hoodie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 13. Explain how you perceive the world differently. If you're an extrovert, don't think I forgot about you. It's interesting how two people can experience the world so differently. Introverts love to listen, so why don't you tell us all about it? Hmm. We would both benefit if we learned from each other. I think this is just really, I think just for anybody, it's about the art of communication. And sometimes just a simple conversation can clear out a lot of confusion. I totally agree with that. And I've made that mistake myself. I'm like, you know, why'd you drag me here? And then I have a conversation later. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Those 13 things make you feel more loved? I would say most of these, I agree with them. Some of them, I think is just common sense for anybody. Common decency, yeah. Decency, I don't think it's unique to introverts. I worry that a couple of these can make me defensive. It's a great article when you sent it. I loved it, but now reading it here, it's like, hmm, I don't know. They're good points, but when you go back to the title of the article, Helping Introverts Feel Love, mm-hmm. If my partner did this, would it make me feel more loved? I like the being considerate and giving space. If a partner of mine did that, I would feel seen and I would appreciate them for seeing me and what I need. We do want our partners, but we're also very kind of solo independent. I immediately thought of cats. Cats? (laughs) We're kind of like cats. like. Oh, yes. Pet me for a little while, and then you can go away. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, you're done. (laughs) No, not like that. That sounds selfish. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for sticking around. And until next time. Thank you for spending time with us. If you have questions or a story you'd like to share, email us at wallflowersinbloom2020 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at wallflowers underscore in underscore blue. 
and search for us on Facebook under Wallflowers in Bloom. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox. Until next time!